You're listening to an audio sermon from Harvest Bible Chapel in Oakville, Ontario. For more information, please visit our website at harvestoakville.ca. All right, Bibles open, please, to Hebrews chapter 10. We're going to be camping in Hebrews chapter 10. I'm still pretty fired up about the spontaneous choir. That just blessed me so much. We were like, is anyone going to come? Like, what happens if no one comes, whatever? Well, we were wrong. We were wrong. Wow, I'm already excited about tomorrow morning to see uh, which one of you guys come back as well. Anyways, so Hebrews 10, and we're going to be looking at a couple of verses primarily here this weekend. We, of course, are in the midst of the 5G life, the uh, I am a Christ follower series, uh, last week God time, and uh, tonight, today, this weekend is gather time, and the prayer is that the 5G life um, is being rehearsed, it's being repeated, it's being reinforced. Um, the prayer is that the 5G life, that's our language now. I'm a Christ follower. That's our language now. This is what we speak because we know what we're saying as we talk about God time and today gather time and then group and give and go time as well. Each week I've said we're going to do this, so I want to stay true to that. Let's recap where we have been. The goal to follow Christ with sincerity. The follower of Christ must abide, must connect, and must share. Why? Because God's word says so. These are three words that describe so much of the New Testament and the Old Testament of what it means to follow Christ. Last week then, the uh, flushing out the application was God time. Abide, if you abide, you must have God time. And now connect is, if I'm connecting to his church as a follower, well, how does that happen? Well, we have gather time and group time, and then today we are looking specifically at gather time. Here's the next slide I want you to see as well. We saw this last week a little bit. The 5G life an intentional pursuit of the five G's in our lives. Now, here's what we're doing for the first time, okay? To show you, I believe the elders believe here we need to give handles to people to grab onto. What does that mean? What does that look like, you know? There's been a little bit of hesitation. If we put out measurables and numbers, is that gonna turn into a form of legalism and then a, a check mark or a box? That's between you and the Lord to not do that, okay? What we're saying is, for example, uh, approximately starting points for pursuing the Lord, let's say in God time, the starting point is 20 minutes a day. Uh, there's a, a goal for many of us are not doing that. Here's a, here's a suggested starting point where you can pursue God uh, individually each day. It's not like you're 19 minutes and 30 seconds, 19 minutes and 40 seconds, 20 minutes, good, I'm done. See you later, God. No, 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 that's not, that's not the heart behind it. The heart behind it is we love the Lord and we want to spend time with Him and let's say some of us have two minutes a day. Well, let's try to go for 20 minutes a day and then gather time. And by the way, that turns into 40 and 60. If you're not careful, 120 minutes you could be spending with the Lord. With You're like, really? It can happen, man. It happens. It's awesome. That's what the Lord does. It could not because you're trying to please him, because you love him. Because you love him and you love his word and love his Love praying to him. It's just that's that's the way it's supposed to go. And now gather time. The the for example, uh, starting point. Obviously, we're gathering together as God's church. Here we we do it for an hour and a half each week formally in this place. Of course, it goes beyond that. A prayer meeting this week in different ways. We gather together as the church of Jesus Christ. But we're saying, if I'm pursuing the five G life, this is what I'm committing to. This is what I'm as a starting point, making the best use of my time. Twenty minutes a day. Really, really compared to everything else we do in life. Really, right? It's nothing. It's nothing. Should be way more than that, right? Should be. 
And then gather time weekly, 90 minutes a week, really all the things we do, all the hours we have in the day. It's just a starting point, but it's a handle we can grab onto together and say, all right, we're, we're pursuing Christ because we love him, because we love him, and we desire to see him work in our lives. This is what we see, and then we'll go on to Lord willing next week, uh, group time, and then give and go time. Very excited about that. So all this talk about time, 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 it's been really Fruitful for me, I've never thought about time with such clarity. How am I using it? What am I doing with it? Well, let's talk about time. Let's talk about, um, for a moment, prime time. Prime time. Prime time is traditionally referred to the um, best a time for television viewing in the evening, which gathers the greatest audience. We would all know that. It, this show is being uh, played in prime time uh, right now. But, of course, it can also refer to our choicest time. Um, our busiest time or our most important time, it really, prime time can refer to um, our best time, our best time. So in that light of that definition, question, question, what's your prime time? What's your prime time? And in reality, what's going to happen now and this weekend, God is going to answer that question for you. God's going to speak through his word and he's going to be like, well, here's what prime time is to me. And so therefore, here's what prime time should be for you as well. Because as a follower of Jesus Christ, here's what we learned today. Here's the thesis. Here's the overarching point. Here's the big idea. Here's the reason we're gathering right now in God's word. Here's what we're trying to learn today. It's this point number one, which covers the whole message, which is this. Gather time, loved ones, is prime time. Gather time as God's church, as the assembly of God's people, gather time is prime time. Because when my theology is right and my heart is right, this is what I start to realize. I say that again. When my theology is right and my heart is right, what I begin to realize is this. Is there any greater privilege is there any greater privilege than gathering as the body of Christ, the bride of Christ, the building of God, or the family of God? Is there any greater privilege? Because think about this, okay, here comes some theology, man, just let it soak in. The church, the church as God sees it, the invisible church, those genuinely born again by grace through faith in Jesus Christ, the church is the community of God's redeemed people. The church is created by the Holy Spirit in the sense that every person regenerated by God's Spirit, born again by God's Spirit, they are created as children of the Lord and the church then is created by the Holy Spirit. The church is for the purpose of the glory of Christ. The church is made up of people who are united in the blood of Jesus Christ, which, by the way, greatly surpasses any biological family ties we might have. Hate to break it to you. The unity that is found by the blood of Christ forms a family that is truly supernatural. The church, because of Christ's work on the cross, instantly then, listen, transcends any distinction of race, class, culture, gender, or nationality, praise the Lord. That's what the church instantly does because of the work of the blood of Jesus Christ where all divisions and all the 
ways that we would separate ourselves in other ways in the world. It all goes away. There's no distinction now. You're in Christ or you're not in Christ. When you're in Christ, you're the family of God. Listen, the church is wrought by God's spirit. Why? In order to display and advance the kingdom of God on earth. The church is a big deal. And we get to gather as it. Now listen, just try and hold up your favorite sports team or the sports team that you're a part of and weigh it against that theological truth. Just try to, well, I like being a part of my sports team. That's great, man. That's great. So do I. It is nothing on God's team, okay? Listen, there's no team like God's team. There's no team like God's team. And if you're generally saved, you're on God's team. That means you're a part of his church. That is reason to celebrate. Loved ones, remember, remember, you can't truly love Christ and not love his church. You can't, you can't separate Christ from his church. He's the head of the church. If you love Christ, you must love his church. That's why then, loved ones, ready? That's why gather time is prime time. Gather time is prime time to the Lord and should be prime time to us. There is no better time or more important time than we get to gather as God's people representing the local expression of God's church in this place at this time. But again, we must ask ourselves honestly today, because this is the rub, right? What is my prime time? Before I came in here, as I come in here right now, what is my prime time? What is my favorite time? What is my best time? What is my most important time? We're praying that all of us will at least believe by the end of the message today that regardless of where I've been, my mind has been renewed, my heart is being transformed, that gather time is prime time. So let's get to our text today. Gather time is prime time. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24. Look at verse 24 of Hebrews chapter 10. The writer says this, And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near." So verses 24 and 25, let's build some of our context as we approach verse 24. Consider and notice how beautiful verses 19 to 25 are. So look at verse 19 now, right? We're, we're, we're in a couple of verses. We're building some context as any faithful student of God's word wants to do. So verse 19 now, notice this. Therefore, brothers... The author has just unpacked nine and a half chapters of glorious truth of the gospel, understanding in Christ we now have access to God because Jesus Christ has paid for our sin and the old covenant system is no more. Now the new covenant system is in place. That's why the curtain has been torn. We can, we can gain favor and get access and entrance into God's presence because of only what Jesus Christ did. That's what therefore means. Therefore, brothers... Since we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus, just think of this in terms of the Lord's Supper that we're celebrating today together, love it. By the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way that he opened for us through the curtain, that is through his flesh, notice right here, the blood of Christ, the body of Christ, right in this passage, what a great text to celebrate the Lord's Supper with. Verse 21, and since we have such a, a great priest over the house of God, now we have three lettuces. And if you're familiar with this passage, you should be familiar with these. There's three lettuces. They're very, very powerful. Because Christ has opened the way, notice verse 22 now. Let us, because of this truth, let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith. 
Let us draw near now because Christ has opened the way. There's no one, nothing blocking us now. By grace through faith, we can go. Notice with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water, signifying that Christ has forgiven us. We are cleansed as we place our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sins. So that's the first lettuce. Here's the second lettuce, verse 23. And let us hold fast to the confession of our hope without wavering. For he who promised is faithful. So let us draw near. Let us hold fast. Notice this too, okay? Notice here, so draw near with faith, hold fast with hope. And now this takes us into verse 24. And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works. Notice this as well, okay? Because of what Christ did in the gospel, notice how much God wants you to draw close to him. Notice all three here, really. God says, draw near with faith now. Draw near with faith. Don't, don't, don't be at a distance from, he loves you so much. Draw near with faith because in Christ you've been cleansed. And then it says, hold fast with hope. So hold on to the truth. Don't waver. This is your confession, the, the word of Christ, the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hold fast to that. So draw near, hold fast. This isn't like stand back and hold loose. No, 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 it's draw near and hold on. Hug, hug this truth. And then notice the third way the Lord wants us to draw near to him. Now it's gather together. Now because you're my children, don't be separate. Rather, because of the gospel of what Christ did, I have created a place. I've created an institution in my church, Jesus says, and God says, where now my people assemble together to stir up one another to love and good works. Hey, notice this. Notice how God time, really, verses 19 to 23, in many ways, draw near with faith and hold fast to the confession. Notice how God time leads into gather time. Where there's genuine God time, of course. Where I love the Lord Jesus Christ, I love his church. When I'm spending time with the Lord, he's like, yeah, yeah, this is amazing. Now go love my people. And you're like, yeah, yeah, I want to love your people. Because this is what the Holy Spirit does within us. Where there's genuine God time, there must also be gather time right in our text here. And now we start to see when the gospel is properly understood and applied, this is when the believer understands that gather time is prime time. Now why is gather time prime time? We have four specific reasons now in verses 24 and 25. And I'm going to give them all to you right now, but then we'll take them one at a time, okay? The reason why gather time is prime time is this because God uses gather time for us to stir up love to show up to church to build up and look up stir up show up build up and look up if you can't write those down no worry we're going one at a time now okay let's take the first one right now gather time is prime time because it is here that I'm called to stir up love stir up love look at verse 24 and let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works. Now, Hebrews was written to Christians within trial and difficulty, which is basically the entire church in the first century. Believers who are repeatedly called to endure, but notice here from verses 24 and 25, we're also learning this, apparently to believers who in their own way were growing lax towards Christian instruction and specifically here, to Christian attendance at regular meetings. Maybe it was because of the persecution. Maybe it was because of the apathy. We don't 
fully? No, but there was this drawing. Maybe the, the Jewish Christians wanted to go back to the formal religion part because it was easier. Whatever the reasons were, we noticed this. Some things don't change. This was a problem in the first century. Believers getting drawn away from the church. And this is a problem in the 21st century too. So notice the call then. Stir up one another to love and good works. The verb stir up, that is to incite. Uh, That is to provoke. That is to um, stimulate. To stimulate. So some are inclined to try to come into the church and stir up division. Uh, Stir up gossip. Stir up dissension. Listen, listen. Not for the follower of Christ who's desiring the will of God. No, that won't, that won't happen. The follower of Christ being led by the Lord will never seek to stir up gossip or division or dissension. The follower of Christ desires to stir up love and good works. And why and why and why? Because we are the body of Christ. Christ is the head. We are the body and then we know we belong to one another. We are the family of God. We've been adopted by God as brothers and sisters that is again greater than any biological family here on earth. So what we must understand, gather time is prime time because gather time is when I am called individually and then corporately to stir up love and good works in other brothers and sisters in Jesus Christ. So loved ones, think about this, okay? Here's what the Bible's telling us. Whenever you come to church, whenever you gather with God's people, one of your main motivations is you park your car, you get out, and from the moment you step out of your car, you're like, who can I love? Who can I love? Where can I start? I'm going to stir some things up. I'm going to stir it up. It's a good stir up though. It's like, I'm going to stir up love. That is, that is to be one of the focal points of why we gather. I am on a mission today to find people where I can stir up love. You know, honestly, like the, those who went in the choir tonight, man, you stirred up love in my heart, all right? That was just stirring up love for me. I'm just like, I just feel so encouraged by that. That is awesome, man. Bless you, bless you for your courage and all. It didn't like, you need a lot of courage, it looked like. You were pretty fired up about that. But one of our main motivations for gathering is I am seeking to stir up love in others. Notice the word, verse 24, look carefully. Notice the word consider. Let us consider how to stir up love and good works. So this is what many of us need to do. Just to be honest, many of us don't really walk in considering, how can I stir up love? We walk in and we consider, how can I be fed? How can I be blessed? How can I receive? How can someone come talk to me? How can I? How can I? Because that's what our society does. It's just consumerism obsession. And consumerism is, what's in it for me? What's in it for me? What's in it for me? That's not to be the church. The church is to be, how can I love someone else? How can I be used of the Lord to be a blessing to other people. How can I stir up others in love and good works? So this alone is a beautiful reason for gather time. This alone right here is an incredible reason to gather as the church because it's gather time is prime time for stirring. So you got to imagine your spiritual spoon, okay? And you're, and you're coming into church and you're stirring up love and good works as you seek to do that. There's so many different ways that we could do that. Okay, can you, can you imagine honestly if every person who walked into church had the motivation to stir up love among other people and see good works in other people's lives too? Can you imagine if every, there's a lot of people in this room right now. Can you imagine if every single one of us came in and that was our mission? Now that's a place I want to be. That's pretty exciting. Can you imagine like 
you get out of your car and your desire is you're coming in, you're saying, I'm going to find one person here when I'm at the service and I'm going to just bless them. I'm going I'm to find someone who looks a little bit isolated and someone who maybe isn't really um, surrounded by some people and they kind of look a little bit lost or lonely. I'm going to go up to them and just talk to them and love on them and ask them questions and That'd be such a great plan. I'm going I'm to go in. I'm going to find someone that I think could use um, um, encouragement through prayer. I'm going to pray for one person today, if not others, um, while I'm at church as, as God's God. I want to stir up love. When I pick my kids up from Harvest Kids, maybe it's been a while, I'm going to genuinely look at the worker and say, thank you for taking the time to, to, to bless my children that I can go be blessed in the assembly of God's people in this way in the worship. Uh, how long has it been since you've done that? Well, they're just there. Aren't they getting paid? No. All right? No, they're not. They're doing that because they love the Lord and they love your children and they love you. So many different ways to consider how we can stir up love uh, every time we gather. What a great goal. It's the Lord's will. It's the Lord's goal. It, if, if that started happening, you know, and by the way, I thought about this this week too and I thought about our church. I'm just like, man, there are, there are hundreds and hundreds of people that come to mind as I think of those who are stirring up love. I'm so thankful for you. I'm just, I am, I'm so thankful for what God is doing in this place. It is, it is, it's humbling. It's awesome. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. And yet there could be more. We could be fighting over one another in a good way to stir up love. Outdo one another in showing honor, the Bible says. Just imagine that that is to be the church of God. This is why gather time is prime time. Because it's the time to stir up love. This takes us to our, our second specific reason why gather time is prime time, this. So stir up, ready loved ones? Show up. From stir up now to show up, priority. So look at verse 25 again. Verse 25 says, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some. Now this phrase and command in verse 25 carries a lot of strength. This is not a suggestion Uh, This is an exhortation. This is a strong um, admonition. Uh, Do not neglect to meet together as is the habit of some. Now again, so what do we learn here? We know this. We will give our time towards that which we uh, love the most, to that which is most important to us. That's what we give our time towards. So what we're learning here is then in this text, when my theology is right, then my priorities are right. A right theology of the church, listen, listen, leads to a right priority of the church. When my theology is right and my heart is right towards the church, then I have a right priority of the church as well. And the proper theology of the church is so needed in our day. It's been so weakened in recent decades. I want to pull some of it back right now. So why do we gather as a church? What does Scripture, what does God tell us to do as the church? What is the theology and the purpose um, of the church? And I have six reasons, biblically, that we are to gather as the local expression of the church of Jesus Christ. They will be on the screen for you. Uh, Here's the first one. As the church, uh, we are to hear the word together. We gather together to hear the word together together. So remember this, it's it's the primacy of preaching that ultimately unites us to the will of God. If we close the Bible, we're done. The church is done. 
The Bible is the one tangible thing that God has given to his church to allow it to survive 2,000 years because it's the book that puts us back on course. It's the book he wrote that brings us together. It's the book that uh, corrects us and encourages us. It, it, It conforms us to the will of God. It's the book of God that unites us to the same tune. A.W. Tozer said this, he says, a hundred pianos all tuned to the same fork are all tuned automatically to one another. You have all the pianos tuned to one tuning fork and then all those hundred pianos are automatically tuned together because they're all tuned to the same tuning fork. This is what happens when God's people gather under God's word and under the authority of God's word as well. That is why then a failure to commit to show up to church as a priority, it's just a matter of time before you come out of tune. It's just a matter of time before you start to sing off key. And the rest of God's people are harmonizing and all of a sudden you not being under God's word together and the instruction what he gives and the power of the Holy Spirit, you are now not sounding so great in harmony and it kind of hurts your ears and people around you. This is why we have such a priority with the church of God. John Stott said this, he says, preaching is indispensable to Christianity. It's for the very reason what's happening in this series right now. We are being aligned by God's word as Christ's fall. It's a powerful thing. That's why Satan's so afraid of it. The clarity of what it means to follow Christ, the clarity of the 5G life, the clarity of gather time even right now, and we're all getting it together at once. It's powerful. But if you don't show up, you don't get it. And then you miss out. We hear the word of God together. Martin Lloyd-Jones, he said this. He says, I would say without any hesitation, the most urgent need of the church today is true preaching. True preaching. He said that about 50 years ago, and of course, that's as true as ever right now. So what do we do as a church? Well, God instructs us, preach the word. Hear the word together. Secondly, we do this. We exalt Christ together. We exalt Christ as the body of Christ. We are commanded as the church. You see a couple scripture references there. We are commanded as the church to sing. I just love that. To praise his name. I got to tell you, man, the joy I get from hearing you sing. Okay, I, I don't know what you all ate for breakfast this morning, but like, I don't know. Hey, Lou, I don't know if I've ever heard them sing as loud as tonight. You know, I was wondering, I was sitting there, I was just listening to the, maybe it was the choir fired you up to, I don't know, I'm not sure. I was like, this is awesome. And like maybe that's why you guys sit in the front row, man. You get all the blessings. It's all benefits, you know? So, um, and I'm just, I'm listening to the volume. I, I thought, I wonder how many people were in God time a little more this week. God, see, what happens is when we gather together as gather time, it's supposed to be the overflow of our God time. As much as we want to be encouraged, and we are, and we get corrected, and we come in, and we're kind of blessed, but ultimately, the pattern of Christ for our lives is we're, we're, we're soaking in the Word all week long, and we're praying, and we're we nurtured to that. Yeah, it's hard, and there's struggles, but then it's the overflow. We come into church, and we're ready to worship and exalt Christ together. That's what's supposed to happen, and I'm wondering if that happened a little bit more this week than other weeks. Whatever it is, keep doing it, okay? Keep doing it. They're, they're just, it's so awesome to hear God's people sing praises to him with joy because that's the way it's supposed to be. And remember, remember, there's no preaching in heaven. There's no preaching in heaven. There'll be a lot of singing. 
There's a lot of singing in heaven. And just wait for that day. So we exalt Christ together. We do this as well. We pray to God together. The church is instructed to do. So understand this. We were made for more than private devotions. Private devotions, again, we heard last week, are essential for life in Christ. And yet, it's to lead us to the overflow of worshiping together. And a huge part of our worship, remember, is prayer. Prayer is a big part. Worship is not just singing. It's a huge part of it, but it's not the only part of it. Preaching is worship. Praying is worship. Fellowship is worship when it's done in the Spirit of God and for the glory of Christ. Hey, this Wednesday, 7 p.m., we gather to pray. That's gather time. We gather to pray specifically for that reason. Is it going to be a priority? So much of life is showing up. So much of life is just showing up. We have this new prayer initiative on Fridays for intercessory prayer. And some of you are called to pray. It's part of our gather time. Some of the things we can do, it's so exciting. As God's church, we are commanded, we are called to pray together. We think of the impact of the early church when they did this. Again, what's our priority? What's our priority? Will we show up? Will we show up? What is the church also called to do this? The church is called to observe ordinances together. Specifically, two ordinances in the New Testament. Baptism and the Lord's Supper. So just, let's take baptism. Imagine being baptism by yourself. That'd be kind of depressing, wouldn't it? That'd be kind of depressing. I baptize you in the name, I baptize myself in the name, I know this doesn't really work very well, but I think how many of us have been so blessed over how many years you've been here, I've been here the whole time, 12, 13 years, and how hundreds and hundreds of baptisms, wiping tears at the joy that the Lord is changing lives in our midst. And if you put it all together, I think we'd explode. That's what the community of God is commanded to do, baptizing them in the name of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And then the Lord's Supper. The Lord's Supper. Today, we get to do this. It's so beautiful. Don't ever let it become a ritual. Brad juice, Brad juice. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. It is the remembrance of the body and the blood of Christ given and shed for us. It is sacred to be a part of this. Do you know the moment Jesus Christ returns, how many people would give anything to be a part of this celebration today, the Lord's Supper? They could be part and counted as God's chosen people, saved and redeemed by him. They will give anything. They will give anything, anything. Rich man and Lazarus, begging, begging, go back and tell my brothers, he's in hell. He's experienced. Do you know how privileged we are if you're saved by grace in Jesus Christ? To be able to take the blood or the juice and the bread symbolizing that, and be able to just rem- I am a part of God's kingdom. Ca- oh! Humble us like crazy to say there's no team like God's team. Gather time is prime time because we get to observe the ordinances. Next, we get to fellowship. We fellowship and we're strengthened together. Bible commands us to greet one another. The Bible commands us to welcome one another. The Bible commands us to love one another. We have to strengthen each other, listen, by God's design. So when we gather together, you can't do that in isolation. We gather together to fellowship and strengthen one another. And then lastly, this is biblical here, we encounter the Lord together. You know, I've always, I've always said we planted this church, you know, um, if God shows up, we're good. If the presence of the Lord is among us, that's all we really need. 
Because what happens? People are coming back and they're bringing friends. Because there's nothing like encountering the presence of the Lord. And God promises that when you are seeking my face, when you are desiring to honor me, my word, if you are exalting my son, if you desire to be in humble dependence, God promises that he will dwell with that church that is pursuing, not perfect, not perfect, but repentant and humble. He promises he will make himself known in that place. Loved ones, a theology of worship is so beautiful. In fact, I want to just take you through something that I learned kind of in a new way this week, maybe with a little more clarity, which blessed me so much to say the purpose, the biblical theology of the purpose and the worship within the church. And I want to put it on the screen for you here. Okay, watch this, okay? So biblical theology, worship in the church. Now, just think about this, okay? Worship started when God saved his people from Egypt, he rescues them from slavery. Why? So they could have a nice vacation? No. He rescues them. He says to Pharaoh, let my people go that they may worship me. He brings them out of slavery to assemble them to worship him. From the very beginning, the rescuing power of the Lord was ultimately fulfilled as his people are assembled and gathered for the praise and glory of his name. Worship started. That's the purpose of what God does people. Then worship is established. So in the law of God in the Old Testament, festivals are established as key gathering points for the church, not for the praise of man, for the praise of God. He sets things in place for the purposes of his worship, the gathering of his people to celebrate the goodness and the praise of God. But then what happens? Well, then in the Old Testament, God's people reject God's worship. Instead of worshiping God, they turn to idols. This is the battle and the struggle of so many of the Old Testament books. They don't want God, they want their idols. And so what God does, he's fine, you don't want to worship me? And you're going to take your idols and shove them down your throat and you're going to be sent into exile. And the Assyrians come in and they destroy northern Israel and then, or Israel and then the Babylonians come in and they send the Judah into exile and the southern kingdom is then there and all these things that happen in the book. So they worship rejected, but then when that happens, though, then worship though is promised. So God says, okay, my people aren't doing it right now, but I promise I will send one who will establish worship that will never be ruined and never be rejected. And of course, that's the Messiah. That's Jesus Christ. And so God promises one will come who is perfect. And the fulfillment of that, let's go to the next slide now. So worship then is fulfilled in Jesus Christ as the Son of God. And when he ascends to heaven, though, he doesn't leave his orphans. He sends us his Holy Spirit. So at Pentecost, for the first time ever in this way, worship is fulfilled because Pentecost, the Holy Spirit is given and the new age of grace and then the ingathering of God's people begins. The ingathering of the assembling of the church begins with the purpose of worship. Now notice this, worship fulfilled at Pentecost through the Holy Spirit and the assembling of the church of Jesus Christ. Worship realized now, worship is realized because the gospel call, when you and I are saved, God doesn't save us so we can just sit back and just enjoy ourselves and say, wow, I'm great. No, no, no. The whole reason we're saved in the gospel, Ephesians 1, to the praise and glory of Christ. The whole reason we're here right now is not for us. It's for him. 
The whole purpose of preaching and singing and praying and fellowshipping and serving at the end of the day is to the praise and the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ everywhere throughout Scripture. Don't you see? The whole reason we're saved as God's church is to praise Him, is to give Him glory. And that's why then worship is essential. Gather time is prime time. Because that's one of the greatest purposes or the greatest purpose we can ever live out in our lives is to live a life of worship together as the corporate body of the Lord Jesus Christ. And there's one more I want to add, which isn't here right now, but you could say worship perfected. What's that? Heaven. For all of eternity, we will be singing the praise and glory. So you, you, might as well, you might as well enjoy it now, okay? Indeed, gather time is prime time. Isn't that awesome? I'm so blessed by that. The theology, all the, the line all throughout Scripture that God ultimately says, I have saved you, that you are called out, that you might worship me. And we're gathered here right now. That's our purpose. That's, that's our purpose for his, his glory. So what's your priority? What's your priority? We need to, you can't stir up people if you don't show up. The church of Jesus Christ needs to be seen as the priority that it is. One of the questions that we ask around here sometimes too if you really want to know kind of what your priorities are just go up to your kids and say hey hey kids what does what do you think mom and mom and dad's favorite thing is or what's mom and dad's greatest priority and then just kind of wait for the answer to come you know that kind of thing you know but just like just or ask your friends people be on hey be honest with me what do you what would you say is my number one priority and if you have enough courage to find out the answer you know hey remember um i'm old enough that I remember when I was young enough when, remember when businesses were closed on Sundays? I mean, it just seems like such a strange thing now, doesn't it? But I remember, I specifically remember going home from church and I had a little suit and tie I had to wear and stuff, you know, and, and then don't miss those days. But anyways, remember, but I remember like all the businesses were closed and you couldn't, you know, kind of buy any milk or whatever it was. Well, what was that? That was a society founded on the principle and the priority of worship. Our nation used to be this way, amazing. And it was really, it's going to its roots, and it's rooted in the fear of the Lord. And the word, it's not, it's not about legalism, it's about love. That's what this whole series is really a call for. It's a, it's a call for commitment. Where, where's your commitment? Not, not so you feel better about yourself, because you love the Lord. It's a commitment of love. I just need to say this too before we move on. Showing up must bear a priority of this, because a failure to worship corporately will inevitably result in the paving the path of discouragement upon your life. If we fail to worship corporately, for all the reasons we're learning right now, then inevitably discouragement will find its way into our home and into our hearts. Why? Because we're designed to gather together, to stir up one another in love, to build each other up in encouragement for all the reasons, again, we're learning right now. So this is why I see Satan's plan over and over and over again. Satan's plan is to isolate someone, take them away, get them to subtly stop, you know, uh, three times a month, uh, twice a month, once a month at church, then they stop going to small group, all kinds of, and they drift off into the distance. They're isolated by themselves, and the enemy has a heyday with them, and then, by the grace of God, by God's grace, I pray they were... I don't you know how many people have called back to church over the years. Because you just see what's happening. You just see what's happening. You're just like, it's just not going to go well. It's not going to go well. And then pray, 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 and then God's grace to let them to see, no, 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 you were designed for the church. You were designed to encourage and be encouraged in the church. So, gather time is prime time. Why? I stir up, I show up, 
And then this, build up, build up. I build up, encourage, encourage. Look at verse 25 again. Verse 25 says, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another. So the Holy Spirit's telling us, ready loved ones? The Christian life is not a solo mission. The Christian life cannot be a solo mission. It's impossible. And notice this, the solo mission is the selfish mission. The solo mission is also the sad mission. Why? It's the selfish mission because at that point, if you don't show up, you are unable to encourage others. You are not utilizing your gifts. You are not fulfilling God's will for your life and being encouragement to brothers and sisters in the body of Christ. If you don't show up to the gathering of God's people, you can't build up. But then on top of that, if you don't show up, then you've just eliminated the possibility of yourself being encouraged. It's a double whammy. It's a two-edged sword. The other way you look at it, it stinks. 1 Corinthians 14, let me read it for you. Verse 26 says this. Listen carefully. It says, What then, brothers, when you come together, when you gather together, each one has a hymn, a lesson, a revelation, a tongue, or an interpretation. And then hear this. Ready? Let all things be done for building up. Whatever you do, if you're singing, if you're reading, if you're interpreting, let all of it be for the purpose of building up brothers and sisters in Jesus Christ in the church. That's why gather time is prime time. Because it's used to encourage one another. And what do we know too, right? Um, the days are evil, amen? They're evil. I mean, just look around. Like, you don't need to look very far, right? Like, darkness is everywhere. If there's ever, it's always been this truth, okay? But I can just say that if there's ever been a time that we need the building up and encouragement of one another, it's now. This is not the time to try to do Christianity on your own. This is not the time to go off and try to be in isolation and to try to figure it. No, 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 no. It's not going to work. If there's ever a time we need each other in the increasing persecution, in the increasing cost, in the increasing darkness... We huddle together and then spread out with light to see the kingdom. We gather arm in arm and then we advance through the power of the Holy Spirit for the gospel. That's why this whole series is here right now. We have God time and gather time and group time and then we give the love of Christ and we go in the power of the Holy Spirit to see more disciples made that they might know what we know in the Lord Jesus Christ. Now is the time, if ever, that we need to encourage and build each other up in the Lord Jesus Christ. And that is why gather time is prime time. Gather time. Stir up, show up, build up. And then finally this, look up. Look up with urgency. Look at the end of verse 25. Encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day, notice capital D, day, referring to the return of Christ, Notice, and all the more, do these things, stir up, show up, build up, and all the more as you see the reality of eternity, as you see the reality of the return of Jesus Christ. So, loved ones, ready? Stir up love, and even more so as you see the day of Christ approaching. Uh, show up to church with priority, and even more so as you see the day approaching. I build up one another with encouragement and all the more, all the more now. No, 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 don't, don't let off the gas. Push on the throttle. Don't, 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 don't relax 
and doing. No, no, no. Press into the things of the Lord Jesus Christ as you see the day. I love, you, know, if you know me. You know how much I love verses like this. They're everywhere in Scripture. Everywhere. The Holy Spirit all the time is telling us, listen, listen, okay. This life, it's not about the car you drive. Holy Spirit's like, hey, listen, listen. This, this life doesn't matter how many bedrooms you have in your house. This, this life, your paycheck isn't going to matter when Jesus returns. This life, the clothes that you wear, good for you. At the end of the day, they won't mean anything. They won't mean anything. At the day when the Lord Jesus Christ returns, hear it again. As you see the day, you don't care about the clothes. You don't care about the house. You don't care about the car. You don't care about the Blue Jays. No offense. You don't care about whatever else, okay? You don't care. You just care that Jesus Christ is Lord and your Savior. And so the Holy Spirit says, listen, listen. Stir up love. Show up the church. Build each other encouragement as you see that the day is getting near. Don't you think, don't you think I think about this a lot. I, actually, I think about this more than ever. As I look at our society, as I look at the politics, as I look at you know, the reality of our culture, all that kind of stuff, and you're just looking at the global reality of where we live. It's just like, wow, there's an urgency. And you see the day, and it just motivates you to live for what matters. See what happens here? When you look up for Christ, then everything else around in your life all of a sudden turns up. It, it cranked the heat up for good, for love, for showing up, for, for building up. And that's exactly what the text is saying on purpose and for a reason. So how do I do it? How do I live with urgency? Look up. How do I have more passion? Look up. Oh, I'm just telling you. How do, how do I have like, you know, a real sense of seriousness? Look up. Just, just keep looking up. Where? Christ. He's coming back. Let that be your greatest mind. Renew your mind in the reality of who Christ is and what he's doing and he's going to return. Again, just keep telling yourself. I, I have this conversation with myself multiple times a day. Live for what matters. Robbie, live for what matters. Live for what matters. The trump will sound. The trump will sound. The trump will sound. This won't matter. This doesn't matter. Because every single day, loved ones, I'm receiving the same message you are. Live for the world. Live for the world. Live for the world. Temporal, 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 temporal. But it's just temporal. And that's why Christ says, well, that's why Paul says it's dung, it's rubbish, it's garbage compared to the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. 